Thank you, Mr. Bill Mosley and Spider Mountain. Got to talk with him again. I was at the Indianapolis Days of the Dead convention 2015. Fantastic time. We got a lot coming up here. Broken down into two parts for a good, good reason. We've got, let's see, coming up, uh, my friend from Long Island, Salong Singaris, artist, musician, actor, and author. Horror author. You're going to meet him very shortly. He sort of co-hosted for a bit there. Um, and you'll hear his one of his songs as well in The Fish Will Swim. Jeff Meyer of Films in Syracuse. You'll hear from him. He's got some very interesting uh, interesting stuff going on up in Syracuse. Bobby Eastley, director of the coming... Oh, man, I can't wait for this one. The up-and-coming uh, Belly Timber movie about cannibalism. Good stuff in Indianapolis. Historical, too. The wonderful Christy Ray will be stopping by. And, uh, of course, you know her from Pieces of Town. Always enigmatic and full of energy. And I, an icon, a new one for me, I got to meet Tony Moran, the man behind the mask of Michael Myers, the original. All that coming up. And some music in between, of course, provided by Spider Mountain, Bill Mosley. And uh, thanks for listening, dudes. Uh, hang tight. you got a lot of stuff coming up here, and part two will follow. All right, take care, and I'll talk to you soon, sooner than you think. Oh yeah, so, get a whistle radio, folks. We are at, where are we? Indianapolis Days of the Dead 2015. I was here last year at Blast. I'm once again meeting some great people. Now, uh, my publisher, Gary, who's to my right, looking a little hungover at the moment. Yeah. Uh, well, he, uh, he paired me up with another writer. Uh, this guy by the name of uh, Salon Sangaris. Is a T, is a T silent? T is silent unless you're European. It ends up we live pretty close to, to each other on Long Island back in the day. Another Long Islander. Now, I'm going to let him do some talking right now because he needs no other introduction, really. Yeah, right. Yeah, we're having some fun. Hey, longer. folks out there, how you doing, man? <laughs> hey, for those of you on Long Island who probably don't know Solon Sangaris, which is me, 
they probably know Little Stevie. Little Stevie. Yep, from the band Uncle Fester. <laughs> Uncle Fester, which I did see when I was drinking underage at Sundance on Bayshore uh, and yeah. other places, venues all over. I can't believe we had the same stomping grounds. So that's insane. Although I am a little bit older than you. Yeah, Just yeah. Just a wee bit, and uh, I got two marriages under my belt. <laughs> so I don't know if it's three strikes you're out or third time's a charm, so... Uh, you're from Long Island. I don't know. The, the statistics there aren't good. But I don't have a Long Island girl now. Oh. I have okay. an upstate New York girl who's absolutely wonderful. Keeps me sane. And she's really young, too. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, let's not talk about how young, but... No, legal young still. <laughs> legal, legal. What we do need to talk about is what we got on this table in front of us. Obviously, I got my books, but that's enough about that. What What's going on here? On my side of the table that I'm sharing with you, sir, lovely sir... Like your earring, by the way. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. he says I'm well. He also pinched my ass with a uh, with, with, a, with a gauntlet with blades on. Yeah, it. it appears to be a Wolverine gauntlet from 1816. Yeah, and well, let's put it this way, folks: there's a close shave now, and maybe one testicle less. But <laughs> on my side, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> On this side, I got my novel. Actually, if you look behind me, take a look, folks. See this? Theater of the Mindless. On my uh, Soul on Garris banner, it says musician, writer, actor. So musician portion's been uh, taken care of by all you people who remember Uncle Fester or Little Stevie. The uh, writer portion is uh, my novel Detour to Armageddon, which is basically a zombie novel, but the situation is zombies, yes. But the real problem is, you ready for this? Corporate greed and government corruption. Wow. Yeah, very, uh, very. What's the word? Cerebral. You got so the bad guys it. are human again. Yeah, it's always. Yeah, they, they don't want to kill the zombies and kill the people who want to keep them from making their money. Bottom line, but they get theirs. Let's put it that way. And that's on Amazon, like all Burning Bull Publishing is. Yes, it Detour is. to Armageddon. It's even got a Facebook page. Which Detour is. to Armageddon does have a Facebook page, as well as Solon Sangaris. I have two Yeah, we got to spell your name for the folks. S-O-L-O-N-T is in Tom. S-A-N-G-A-R-A-S. So friend me up or like my page. There's also a Detour to Armageddon page and, for all you history buffs out there, an Uncle Fester page. There's absolute, and there's also a little Stevie page, too. This page is all I didn't over. know that. Yeah, there is. I mean, I, I'm full, look at the size of me. I'm full of myself, and my head is too big for this table. Uh, what else? Who do they say you look like? You, somewhere between Jeff, Jay Mercury, Wolverine, and who else? Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Uh, Howard Stern. And on rare occasion, Richard Ramirez. Yeah, that was a bad comparison. Yeah, I know, right? But those girls were dripping when they yeah, were done we, talking to me. We were talking about that. What's with the girls and their um, infatuation with serial killers? Not a, not a clue. You don't think it has to do with the, uh, the fact that it's just bad the fear boys. of, yeah, bad boys, and yeah. they could die while, you know, dating them. They uh, could die dating me. Uh, well, that we know, too. Look at my hand. I mean, I don't, there's no girls around you at the moment, and, uh, <laughs> well, look under here. <laughs> you think this blood is from me in this gauntlet? Well, I thought it was from last night. <laughs> that was Gary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Our, yeah, our publisher Gary paid a heavy price. And so did John Russo the night before. Oh, man, oh, man. I was, I'm glad I wasn't in the room that night. I heard he came thunderously bashing through the door. Yes, yes. And, yeah, yeah, well, I won't get into that. We'll let John tell that story. If he we'll, let John, we'll let John avoid that story. <laughs> How you doing? 
what have you done here? We must, we must be civil to everyone else who's coming by us today. Don't forget. Yeah, it's very busy. We have Ric Flair to our right. <laughs> yeah. Um, we got the guys who made one of my favorite cheese movies, Chillerama, Adam Rifkin, and Tim Sullivan down at the end over there. Oh, that's right. Yes. Is, and I'm working on getting a movie deal with them. That's what these uh, new business cards are for right over here. And let's talk about movies, all right? You're here with your crew. I'm here. Well, first off, I'm here with our crew. Okay. Which is Burning Ball. All right, yeah, that's but true. We I'm are also, a gang. Yeah, I'm doing double duty here with the crew from Belly Timber. And that's a great story. Last uh, couple months ago, when I was at Culture Shop here selling my book, this guy came up and I was telling him about the book, and he was captivated. And he says, how do you know so much about the book? I says, well, I wrote it, I told him. So I signed it off to him. He went, he, and then he went off on his way. Very happy. I'm outside having a little bit of a smoke, and I'm talking to this guy talking about this project called Belly Timber. So I gave him my business card, which has a photo of Detour to Armageddon on it, and, uh, Next thing you know, he goes back to the belly timber table. The guy who bought my book, J.C. Fodry, who's also in the movie, showed him the book. They compared the book and the business card, and next thing you know, the belly timber crew comes to the burning bulb table. Nice. And we had a business meeting that night. Zach from our uh, from our burning bulb crew is doing the novelization. Zachary Magaha. Yeah, the, right. he was. He's been on this, these airwaves. Um, so two gangs merged, basically, yep. and now creating this beast. And I've been here in Indy for two weeks filming the movie, and it, it was the hardest, most most ball-breaking experience that I loved. Not to mention the weather. You had to oh, deal with. man. I, I, we, we, we did a three-day camp out for one of the shoots, the horse ride, horseback riding and stuff, and the tent leaked. So I rolled over, and next thing you know, my oh look, 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 look at the coneheads. There are coneheads here. Yeah. Next thing you know, I'm sleeping. My ass is sleeping in a puddle. I farted, and it bubbled. <laughs> yeah, I witnessed the, the well. Hey, you, you had a lot of hamburgers yesterday. Well, I had We're a lot of. A lot You're of not allowed to get White Castle. No, or no. Taco Bell, oh. or Burger King, <laughs> or onion rings, or water, now, or soda. I, I was thinking, wow, really? Beef jerky too. Hello. Do you have joke, time? <laughs> if you uh, oh, I also have the CD here. My yes, CD is yeah, that's what I was gonna say the music book. Yeah, are, are we allowed to tell the folks what Billy Timber is? I, I thought yes. it was a place at first, but it's more interesting than that. It's a weird title for a movie, but go ahead and explain. Oh, hold on a second. I see oh, my yeah. brother, the, the actor who plays that's my right. brother. That's that's Harry Bean, Harry DJ Bean? DJ uh, uh, Munchies, DJ Munchie, the guy with the cooler. Yep. Uh, What's he's got cooler? water. Brother! Brother! <laughs> what is he giving out? Water. 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 Say, say hi to the radio audience. Hello, radio audience. This is DJ Munchies tuning in live from Days of the Dead. Nice. Giving out water. Saving our asses. Thank you. Thanks, brother. That's my brother in the movie. Can I have one? <laughs> Thanks, man. What radio station? Uh, actually, it's podcast. Oh, yeah, Kettle Whistle Radio, and uh, yeah, we. I work with him. Um, we have seven different shows. Nice. Here I am broadcasting and telling everybody what we already have. Um, <laughs> that's cool. No, he's telling everybody because DJ Munchies wanted to know. Exactly. Blame it on me. Exactly. I'm taking the blame for everything. 
That's right. But we're, as long as it's not a felony. We're all rock. We're, we're music, punk rock, you know, industrial music. He didn't but know horror, was, comic books, he and cartoons. She was 14. Oh. Oh man, he's just like. <laughs> yeah, but you know that's the fucked up part. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> all right, man. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. She was delicious. Oh no, no, we've said much worse. How could you be much worse and fucked up with a 14-year-old? Wow, that's, that's got to be an edit. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the rest of the podcast. My name is DJ Muggies. So long. I'm out. Oh, you're, I'll you're, get my come back to you. shave one day after this movie's done. Nice. We were talking about Belly Timber the term. Yes. Belly Timber is an old Scottish Things place. happen fast here. Yeah, I know. Like she was 14. Oh, stop. You were what? 12? Older woman? Well, no. I'm trying to save you right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'm still 21. Oh, well. Anyway. Belly timber. That, do, what else are we going to stave off on to now? <laughs> well, you, know, you do see what's in front yeah, of you I right now. Yeah, I do see what you are. There's a, a large Amazon oh, woman involved. And what movie is this from? I, oh, that's... Uh, We'll just say Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Uh, is it no. I don't know. Look uh, at those things. I mean, it, it, everything is uh, busting out all over the place. That's all I can say. Literally. And we, we, we interrupt this program to bring you yeah. smart. <laughs> 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 but, 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 Billy Timber is an old Scottish phrase that means meal time. Ah. So, for those of you who want to check out the Belly Timber uh, trailer, there's a hint for you. Yeah. Just go to YouTube and look up Belly Timber. The old trailer is still up and available. The new one that I wrote, by the way. I heard it's really good. Oh, man. I, I was amazed. It's something that I, w- I would want to see. It would make me want to see the yeah. movie. Yeah. And uh, it's... That trailer is going to be amazing. There's also interviews that were uh, that were recorded during the one of the longest days of shooting that we had. It was a 19-hour shooting day, but uh, the, the interviews the interviews were just freaking amazing, hysterical. And once that once that the, the new trailer comes out, it'll give you a better gist of what the movie is all about. In the interviews, you'll get to meet the, the both of the cast and the crew, and they'll tell you a little bit more, and you'll just get nice work. Very nice work. And you'll get a, an idea of what it's all about. That was that was Captain Busty talking about. We had to compliment. Yeah, both. All, would that be considered both or all three? All three. Yeah, I would think so. That's uh, probably illegal in some states. Yeah, but uh, that puts me in a the state of confusion. So what? She is. She's not Katana. Who is she supposed to be from Mortal Kombat? I'm the one with the large breasts, I guess. I agree. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Lots of distractions here. <laughs> I'm a pleasant. Wow. <laughs> Man, Hatter. There you go. <laughs> nice. That's the perfect noise that's going on in my brain right now. Yeah, basically. She's kind of ambitious. Yeah, I like, you know, I love purple. Is and, she a Mad Hatter with teeth? With teeth and a tail, a bunny tail. And she, wow, she this had a bunny tail on. Yesterday she had scissors. All right, we're trying to, we're giving you some weird visuals here that, uh, there's no way to explain. Dude, it. if you are here, it's a weird visual. We can't, we, 
if we're giving weird visuals, can you imagine what we're seeing? Indeed. Mm -hmm. I made you watch Pieces of Talent, the that preview. That was awesome. They've been on the show before, uh, great not, people. Not to mention Christy, who's like really... I, Christy Ray is wonderful. She and she gave a great interview, man. She's great. And if you get a chance, meet the director. Oh, um, look, look at this thing. Yeah. <laughs> more corruption. More corruption for the airwaves. That'd be some serious booty. If you could see what you hear right now. <laughs> if that thing twerked, it would blacken both my eyes from this distance. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> what? I was going to ask you to plug yourself, but you know, <laughs> the wrong thing to say. Well, I don't need to plug myself. Something needs to plug that. <laughs> All right, we may have more from Dr. Salon. Yeah. Uh, well, Dr. I, I, something tells me you're going to be chiming in a few times. So, But now you, now you know what you're dealing with. Check them out. Yeah, anybody who's dealt with Uncle Fester knew what they're dealing with then. And now here I am today, a little bit older, not much wiser, but uh, a little more jaded. But now I'm an author more than a musician. However, we're going to play a song. Oh, okay. I you got to like pick that. one of your, what, what are we doing? Uh, depending on what you're in the mood for, do you feel like heavy rocking, so a little punk, or some 70s cheesy pop, wow. or blues? We should probably start off with something cheesy. Right? Do 70s cheesy pop. The okay. song is called And the Fish Will Swim. Wrote that song in 1979, nice. I think it was. And it's... it's Actually, the lead guitar part, if you listen to it really closely, we countrified it. Very, uh, very, uh, what's the word? Live Skinner-esque. Okay. Check it out. Enjoy it. All right. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll have more later. Actually, we'll have more in a little bit. We'll have more sometime. Yes. Yeah. And twerking. Oh, my God.
Uh, wow, wow, wow. So, hey, we're back. I'm back. Miss uh, Z just got here. And uh, we just got out of where, where were we just now? Angus Scrim panel. Angus Scrim, the tall man, fantastic. Fantastic gentleman. He was awesome. I thought he was great. Yes, he was telling lots of stories about. <laughs> were you not sitting yeah, in there? I was distracted. That's a lot of costumes. He was doing a lot of his lines, which is pretty cool. I mean, it was just nice to see him. And he's still with it. Uh, he's got to be. Uh, how old do you think he is? I don't want to speculate. Uh, <laughs> Very old. But yeah, Angus Scrim panel, nice guy. Very nice guy. Um, costumes. Uh, what what's been impressing you today? There were a couple of um, predators. Yeah. Guys. Uh, the the bloody ice cream man is always interesting. Of course it is. Speaking of the predators, here they come now. <laughs> We're back, we're back, here's Kettle Whistle Radio. We didn't go far. As a matter of fact, somebody came. We always meet new people when we go to these things. And uh, right here I've got Jeff Meyer, or is it Mayer? Meyer. Meyer, from Film in Syracuse, one word. Um, you want to explain that to the folks? Out here in uh, Podcast Land? Podcast Land, yeah. As a matter of fact, we've got a good following, so you'll get some new friends out of us. Sweet, man. All right, here it is. Well, first of all, Friend me on Facebook. It's J E F F M E Y E R, and my profile picture is Friday Thirteenth Part Five, the Hockey Mask, and it's a. Uh, it, it was pretty easy to find. Yes, I found it right away. Now, on top. Your, your card reads coordinator slash original brew and view. All right, the original brew view is an idea that I got off of uh, the the music the music box theater in uh, Chicago is close by to this other one. I think it's on uh, Sheffield. And they do a brew review series. They have a bar in there, and a, you know, a movie screen. And it's old I school like theater. It. Very cool. And so in Syracuse, we have this place called the Palace, old school movie house, 800 seater, and they have four bars. So we still have the 35 millimeter projectors. I'm all about the film, and you know, the digital stuff. It, it is what it is. But film to me is more real, and it's got a, it's got substance to and history behind the the series. That's a whole new, another conversation we can have. So. <laughs> Since there's uh, alcohol involved, let's watch some old movies on 35mm. Nice. Horror stuff, whatever, you know, just have a blast. Um, we will have bands play sometimes in the middle of uh, an intermission. We'll, we'll like bust out with some Human Centipede racing, <laughs> which we've done. We did the Human Centipede trilogy uh, last month when Part 3 came out. It was the weekend that it was released. Uh, I was just informed there's an actual Human Centipede made out of Barbie dolls in the other room. Did you see it? Uh, no, I will uh, have to go see that. Is yeah. that one of those like vendor things for sale? Yes, it's gonna put you back about two hundred bucks. I don't think I could do that. No, I, I'd rather maybe <laughs> coordinate a human centipede race. That you could probably do in the Angus scrim room right now because he's back. <laughs> what did you think of that panel with Angus, man? I, I was just talking to my my cohort in crime here about that. He's just a cool dude, I think. What was really amazing is that he's really in tune still. After all these years, yes. he, he gets it, and and mentally and, and actually emotionally too, with that poem, the reading of the poem. Yeah, that that literally moved me, and I, I was like, I'm like, wow, this is this is cool, and it was completely dead silent in there, listening to this amazing actor 
from many childhood nightmares. Yes. Do this poem with that voice, just put the, the chill and actually the joy into why I'm a horror fan. Absolutely, you couldn't say it better. And, and at the same time, he was talking about Ty West, a newer director. Um, you know Ty West, if you watch his films? Yeah. I'm a fan of House of the Devil, I like that Yes. Innskeepers was pretty good. I like that yep. too. But yeah, he stayed, like you said, he stays with the time. That's, it's so admirable. And that's exactly the reason why I'm still doing what I do. The beauty of the Innkeepers and House of the Devil is I chatted with Dark Sky Films and Ty West to do a double feature of Innkeepers and House of the Devil on 35 movies. Nice. And, and they actually have film prints of those two movies. I had to work with a magnet films slash uh, Magnolia Pictures to acquire the rights, but I was able to get the film prints. And just seeing, it was that double feature, I think we had, um, the uh, what was that Korean, uh, had Devil in it, I, I Saw the Devil. Yeah, I didn't see uh, that, yet. I keep putting it off, I wanted to see that. Brutal. Yeah? Brutal, so that was our third film in the, uh, the triple feature. Nice, okay. And but, Ty West, seeing it on the big screen, and film those two spooky kind of yes. semi-haunted houses. Satan, somewhat going back to the '80s, even with some of the uh, filming going on there. It was very they, House of the Devil had an '80s vibe to it. Yeah, and so you're basically sitting in the theater, and you're, oh, this is a new movie, but I feel like I'm in 1980 something. Yes, watching this film. Yeah, two girls babysitting, if I recall, or they're watching the house, and just yeah, very typical scenario. And it, it goes where you want it to go, but a little surprise there at the end. I like, I just like the supernatural twist that you, you, you kind of know it's going to go. That's the 80s movies. They were all kind of predictable. Yes, I like them. You know? um, you always kind of knew who was going to survive. This one, maybe not so much. I don't know. Innskeepers was just creepy ghosts. Yeah, it's just a creepy ghost flick. And it had some really good looking CGI stuff going on. Um, but the practical effects in the House of the Devil. That end was, you know, it's it's cool, and I, I like it, and, it, and it's, like I said, it's refreshing to see that kind of 80s feel redone in a modern sense of filmmaking. But at least, it, you know, Ty West, he gets it. He gets his fans. So back to what you do here with uh, Film in Syracuse. What, what can we look forward to in the future? What do you... What's your big plans for the future? One of the cool things with Film in Syracuse is that we work with the Onondaga County Film Commission. And recently, uh, Ron Perlman, I don't know if you've heard um, in the news, oh, yeah. that he's, he plans on moving uh, some sort of production facility where he'll be basing most of his projects out of Syracuse, New York. Wow. So for filmmakers in the Northeast, um, go to cnyarts.org cnyarts.org and then there's a, uh, a link that will take you to where you can register your talent and you would just you know if you're a filmmaker or an editor, a grip, electrician, a writer, a props department, art design, whatnot, even if you're in a student mechanics union which I'm in a union and uh, I'm registered but I actually work with the film commission but go there sign up and maybe you can score a gig working on a Ron Perlman movie when the facility opens in 2016. And speaking of 2016, I'm trying to get our buddy here yeah. running this show to come to Syracuse to the Palace Theater for our annual Salt City Horror Fest. We talked about this. Um, yeah, I mean, it sounds like Salon and uh, Gary are interested, which we bring Russo along yeah, in the back. Bring the whole posse and just sell your stuff and, and you know, let. I don't 
there aren't really any local writers in Syracuse that have published novels that are horror related. Okay. Now this is going to be something new for Syracuse. We get vendors usually. It's just like mostly local artists, like design work and posters and whatnot. But to get a really good author and multiple authors to set up shop, it's going to be really good for the fans. And we have a really good turnout from all sorts of uh, individuals from the Northeast. And we actually scored, if his schedule is still permitting, by 2016, John Amplis, because we're going to do a 35 millimeter print of Martin. Nice. And to see Martin on 35, yeah, right? it's right. next to impossible. But then we also have like Nightbreed, Night 35 mm. C Nightbreed, Event Horizon, The Warriors, The Shining, and then the ultimate classic, Rosemary's Baby. Those and are all movies. Movie. I never, I know, I, I, I never go a year without watching almost all of these films. Uh, Rosemary's Baby is, is being remade in uh, 2016. Well, uh, how do you feel about that? Well, the odd part of this whole remake thing is like when I, I book my events like eight months out. And when we booked um, this past Warfest that happened this past April, we had Polar Guys. Then they announced that the remake was coming out, so that really helped us out. And then we also got Alba Robbins to come on board and hang out and do you know, a Q&A, post stuff, and sign autographs and whatnot, and be hanging out with the friends. And when I booked Rosemary's Baby, I didn't know that they were making a remake until someone told me. So it's just kind of the odd coincidence. And you know, I'm hoping... For those fans of Rosemary's Baby, they can see the original way it's supposed to be on 35mm and then go see it in the theater and then you can judge for yourself by seeing both movies in the original format in a movie theater setting. Fantastic. Um, I, there was some kind of mini-series on TV, wasn't there, that was not very good? Rosemary's Baby, was it like a year ago or two? It was probably not very good, so therefore I, I don't remember yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't. I watched the first, I think, it was like a mini-series, I couldn't get through it. I, I don't even know what they were doing. I just, I turned it off. And you see, I already forgot about it until now. But hopefully this is going to be something different. Um, it, it's going to be cool, and that's April 16th. You can find me on Facebook again, okay. Jeff Meyer. But this Halloween, we usually do, like, the weekend before the Halloween actual holiday. Yeah. We do an event, and this year we're doing it two nights. Last year we did the Evil Dead Film Fest. We did all four Evil Dead movies on 35. This nice. year we're doing the Tommy Jarvis trilogy, which is Friday 13th, 4, 5, and 6, all 35. And really silly part is that part 4 and part 5 are going to be in Spanish subtitles. So if you don't know English, you want to go see Friday 13th, part 4, and 5, you can read it in the Spanish subtitles. So we're doing that for... I know, because we can. Right. The, the, the opportunity is there, and, and it's a film print. And then part 6... I won't have this kind of subtitles. Sorry about that. <laughs> but at least you get to see those three movies. Probably one of, probably three of the best in the series, in the original format. We're gonna have a punk rock band there called One Last Shot. Oh man, this, this has us written all over it. And then the the movie Hackalander, which uh, Master Video will be releasing in October. We're actually we scored their 35 prints, so we're gonna be screening Hackalander as part of the whole night. So this is what? Wait, Hack lantern is what? Is this premiere of a long-lost horror film? Yeah, Hack lantern is a film that, if you go to imdb.com uh -huh. under Halloween Night, Halloween Night is this is really horrible Halloween ripoff by India filmmakers. Was that in earlier 90s? 80s. Okay. It's got the 80s feel. I think it made 80, 85 or 87. Okay. 
I highly recommend it. You can go to Massacre Video and get more information or IMDb on Halloween night, but the real release of the film was called Hack a Lantern, and the working title was called Death Mask. So you Google any of that stuff, you'll find the Hack a Lantern tra trailer. Interesting. And it's all basically boobs. Wow. I think we set off the fire. Wait, I said boobs, the alarm went off. That's the magic word of the day. All right, so... Well, let's see. This is new to Kettle Whistle Radio. Um, <laughs> You're witnessing this real life. Yeah. Oh, we're getting flood warnings. Oh, wait. Is that your beep? You're going off tornado warnings. Oh, my God. We're going to die. <laughs> and we're laughing. That's the best part. Right. See, it's hard to scare horror fans. Everybody stayed. Nobody ran. Nothing. So, really, if this place did go up, people would just stand here and die. <laughs> For the love of gore yes. and horror. Yes, and Angus Grimm was right over there. Yes, and, and Sid Haig, too, at least. Sweetest yeah, dude. Sweetest dude, Angus. And Sid Haig's got a huge line. Yes, he does. They, they, I think we're seeing the tail end of it finally. But right over here is Sid Haig on the other, on the other side of the wall. Yep. And, and then and Bill Mosley. Oh, and I got Bill's, Bill's going to come on here tomorrow, so. Oh, good. Did yep. you get any, what else did you get up here? Uh, let's see. Well, I got Bill. I'm going to get uh, one of the guys from uh, Pastor Pussycat over there. Uh, he's actually, because the other bandmates have been on the show, and I'm allowed to play their music, so uh, we're going to get him on finally. So. I'm looking forward to that. Hey, did you get a chance to talk to Misty Monday? No, she came over because she knows Gary, so I did not get to talk to her. But yeah, Misty Monday is across the way from us. We always have somebody interesting right across the way. Of course, last year was Tony um, uh, Katane and uh, <laughs> oh my god, what's her face? Sharknado. Oh, Tara Reid. Yeah, you were guys in the other room. Yeah, right over there. Yeah. I mean, Tara Reid. Corey Feldman came through with his cool. wings. The yeah. wings girl is really nice. Well, he had wings too. <laughs> Not so good. Well, his uh, I don't know, his friend that was one with the angel wing outfit. She was a really sweet person. Yeah. Well, we saw her briefly. I, I don't know. I had more fun. I gotta be honest with you. Bill Mosley was the dude. Now, like I said, you hopefully will be on the same show with him um, when he comes over tomorrow. We're gonna talk about this movie here. Um, that book here. Check this out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's doing the sound. Uh, this, right, this is our guy here. Um, Salone it will be in there as well, doing a voice. The Devil Dogs. Uh, I met your buddy last night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, the, the, the Marine. What's his name? Uh, Billy Timber. Which guy are you talking about? The Marine. Um, he, that's Bobby. Bobby Easley. He's the director. Yeah. 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 Dude, like the trailer. I saw the one with, uh, it was the black and white version with uh, all the little sword soldiers. It was the other trailer. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's all right. I, yeah, honestly, I did not see that one. <laughs> I saw the one. Okay. It was all battle scenes. Okay. Uh, clips from the battle scenes. And these are like old school, like little plastic toys. And it's all stick stop motion animation stuff. Oh, okay. And no, yes. no animation either. It was all the real little plastic I This was news to me today. And Kane Hodder does one of the voices as well. Plus, I mean, look at the post. Yeah. These, they're plastic army dudes. So this is the Devil Dogs of Kilo Griffin? Yeah. yeah. Actual little plastic... Yeah. Army dudes that they have hundreds of them, and the old school. Remember when probably I'm 41. Mark's toys. And probably like 20 years ago, you would get you yeah. go to the store and buy these plastic tanks and shit. Mark's toys made them to begin with way back when. Now they're just yeah blister packs and whatever. So take hundreds of these tanks, vehicles, and plastic army dudes, and make an epic motion picture out of 
stop motion. Kind of genius. And shoot it black and white, and actually use German su or um, English subtitles for the Germans. Yeah. And Amazing. I thought it. But you got to see the trail. It blew me away. A lot of a lot of us played the played that. I mean, I, I just had those things as kids. It was the most popular item that a boy could have as a toy. I mean, you got back tanks and, and the artillery. Like, yeah, man. And I used to take and little firecrackers and pull the. Tanks oh yeah, yeah. And they were the first to go. And then the GI Joes came later. They went too. I mean, just, I wish yeah. I did destroy my GI Joes. I found a way to fix them. I'm not going to release that here. <laughs> well, they're all melted in the fire. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, for me, it was always the rubber bands in the middle. But, uh, <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. there's something that can be done if you have your broken G.I. Joe's. And he'll tell you the secret right about uh, next never. episode, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Well, Jeff, this is yeah. fun. Thanks Dude, for coming on. Great. Jeff Meyer, again, Films in Syracuse. Films in Syracuse, one word. Tell them how to find you or where to find you. Film in Syracuse, uh, my email is B-R-E-W-A-N-D-B-I-E-W at gmail.com. That's brewandview at gmail.com. Twitter is at brewandview315. And then on Facebook, Jeff Meyer, M-E-Y-E-R. Look for me with a hockey mask on Friday 13th Part 5. That's the best way you can get a hold of me, guys. And come up to Syracuse, see the Palace Theater, watch the movies, and it's be a good time. Well, yeah, and the music brought to you by four idiot guys drinking peach schnapps across the way from us. I have no idea why they're sharing a bottle of peach schnapps. But, yeah, sorry, the music kind of got in the way here, but it always happens when you do these things. Peach schnapps, like, it's better than Goldschlag. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Uh, we'll answer that question next episode, too. Thanks. You go. I want you to take these cheap motherfuckers and wipe your ass with them. <laughs> I'm here with Bobby Eastley. You go by Bobby Eastley. I sure. Do. I want to make sure this guy over here is true. We had him on earlier, salon, but we're not going to get into that again, are we? No. See, <laughs> I don't see any breasts around. How can you get on? Remember, you can no yelling. You have voice work to do today, from what I hear. Anyway, let's talk about you. What's what's going on next to me here at this table? Uh, well, uh, we're World Wasteland Pictures International. Uh, we've got three films right now that we're promoting. Uh, Devil Dogs, Aquilo Company, Belly Timber, and All Sinners Night. All Sinners Night is currently uh, being distributed by Worldwide Multimedia, and you can find a lot of your uh, major real retailers like Walmart, Targets, and the Barnes and Noble. Excellent, and stuff. excellent. I love. I, that's usually what I tell people to do at the end. Like, please plug your stuff because people forget to do that. Very important, very important. But you got a lot going on. Very, a lot of activity going on over here, at Belly Timber, um, which we got into the term already. But where did the movie originate? Somebody's writings and yes. Uh, the story is written by Dustin Kay and Ken Wallace, and it's set in the 1820s, and it's kind of based in historical fact that there was a pioneer named John McCormick, and anyone from Indiana knows this man really well, but uh, we've added this cannibalistic family into the story that he has to fight to actually be able to establish the newfound city of Indianapolis. And, uh, we've had a great time shooting it. We've got all of our guys on horses. It's for my first time working with animals. That, I respect that, because same with me. I learned only recently. Uh, yeah, it, it's very intimidating if you've never done it. And to do it just for a movie, 
are you going to continue to ride a horse afterwards? Or? Well, <laughs> it, was, it was actually all our actors. They literally okay. uh, practiced on horseback okay. three or four times before they even got out there. We wanted to make sure that they were safe and the animals were safe as well. Yeah. Like full trot? Like Oh, uh, yes. They, okay. uh, we had a guy get thrown off the horse three times. We got, <laughs> we got back up. It wasn't him, was it? No, it wasn't so long. Yeah, okay. That would have left in a deep impression in the earth with that one. <laughs> Solon was too busy staring underneath their tails. Hey, I'm Greek, so what? He's been doing that today, too. <laughs> There's a lot of that going around. Yes. So we've been shooting through the hot, uh, humid Indiana summer and, and dodging the rain when we can. But, uh, oh, that rain. Oh. We've had a wonderful shoot, and uh, Solon coming out and bringing a lot of ideas to the table, really. I mean, we were sold on him immediately, just looking at the photos of him that he sent us. And then to know that we're working with an actual author who has correct grammar, he's like... Pretty well spoken. We're going to be sad when he goes home, because we're going to go back to our Indiana talking ways. That's right. Well, he's a Long Islander like myself. We only get our accents back when we're back on Long Island. You know, when we're around all those people, yeah. give them back to us. you got to work around it. Yeah, you, you do. Yeah. Uh, I watched the, I'm not a big hockey fan, but I watched a documentary on the island. Yeah, Fort no Never Lose. They, like, I saw, like, a 30 for 30 ESPN film yeah. on the Islanders. In the I, 80s. Yeah, I was like, wow, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, no, I'm going to take a beating for this. I'm not a Ranger fan. I'm an Islander fan. But I grew up with that. Four Stanley Cups, you know, and just, they, they had the team, the dynasty of the 80s. I can't believe I'm talking hockey on Kettle Whistle Radio. Used to happen now and then. Now back to you, sir. Okay. <laughs> I, I had to bring it up. No, I, I appreciate that you did that because uh, it's a it's a great new documentary. Did you catch that yet? Fort Never Lose. I don't know about basketball. Basketball. He, he, yesterday he's talking about how he played in the Coliseum with his band, and now the Coliseum's no more, and he won't talk about playing there. Is that why? No, I just don't follow sports. I'm a frisbee player, man. Frisbee. Okay. Musician and ladies, man. I asked the wrong question. All righty. All right, so well, that's the right question because you got the right answer. <laughs> right, baby. Keeps touching me. Why? Why is hockey? Excuse me. Why is doggy style the preferred method of having sex in Canada? Well, um, there's a Canadian party tonight. You could probably ask those people that. I'd love to answer for you. Yeah. So both people can watch the hockey game. Ah, nice. Oh, but oh, boom. Nice. Was I allowed to tell jokes on you? Absolutely, show? you can swear or whatever you want. Oh, there you can go. Fart? Yeah. It, yes, you can. Yes, you can just give me warning. <laughs> I'm gonna test it real quick. Fuck. <laughs> Again, here with Bobby Easley, the director of Belly Timber, cannibalistic movie coming out. Can't wait. Oh my god, I can't wait. Actually, historical cannibalistic movie. I don't know that I've seen one of those yet. Oh wait, we there is one uh, with um. Oh, the Wendigo. Wendigo. Uh, Wendigo. 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 What's his name? Uh, great actor, Carlisle. Robert Carlisle. Play the Wendigo. That was a good one. Throwback to the Civil War, though. <laughs> well, uh, our out. first. Uh, Look, I think you know you're talking about. Yeah, there's not a lot of no things like this out there, and I think this is like a horror western. Fantastic. We're kind of pulling influence from the good, the bad, and the ugly, and Devil's Rejects. Excellent. Kind of, I think that's road Yeah. Uh, first outing. I was looking at it. Was that the one on your table? First uh, time you well, my very first film is called X. And it's about a, a Marine who has a head injury and gets a Dear John letter in the same day. Jesus. And you are also a yes, Marine. Yes, I'm a former Marine. Okay. Six years. Hey. 
following my cruise, okay? Okay. You know what that is, folks. That's, uh, they're familiar with that. Nourishment. Yeah. So, uh, X was the first film, and basically he comes back home and just things aren't right, and that's where I'm going with it. Um, okay. Our second film is called The River Runs Black. It stars Mike Christopher, who is a Krishna zombie in Gone Dead. Oh, wow, yeah. Uh, He's in Pittsburgh a lot. Yes. Yeah, we, get, yes, we get him a lot. Yes. That's funny. He uh, is an archaeologist who is trying to, he needs access to this burial site. And he finds this Indian who helps him, and he wants to get in there and sell stuff on the black market. Very against cool. the tribe's wishes. Okay. And so that doesn't sound like a good idea. And there you go with that one. <laughs> Excellent. Our third film was The Boogeyman, and I'm part of the Stephen King's Dollar Baby program. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Uh, no, but are you you're talking about The Boogeyman from Night Shift? Yes, The Boogeyman from Night Shift. Which was done once before, but yeah, something Frank, tells me you Frank Darrow. Yeah, yeah who I love. I contacted Stephen King. Oh my God. And got a response back a week later, actually the same day that my stepson found out he got accepted to the IU Kelly School of Business, which he just graduated from with distinction. Yes! How hard did you celebrate that night? Uh, we didn't really. It was just so weird that, wow, dude, we both just, wow! Yes, you did. Yes, wow, you did. dude. So, um... Um, so, so I spoke to his secretary, Miss Margaret Morehouse. She's a wonderful lady. Uh, he sent me a contract, and I had to mail him a dollar. And that's how much he charged me for the non-exclusive rights for the, the boogeyman. The and real man. He shot that with John Dugan from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, who was the original grandpa. Yep. yep. And uh, that's a great film. and need no explanation. I hope I did it justice. Um, our next film, the fourth one, was All Sinners Night. And that's where we get in with a cult, a Satanist cult, that comes to this small town on Halloween night. And they're out to get five victims, one for each point of the pentagram. There's also a very fundamentalist preacher that comes into town trying to save souls and turn everybody away from the wickedness of Halloween. Kind of a western, like a spaghetti western. Yeah, I just love those out there type films. Yeah. And then our next one. I gotta ask you before we go to the next one. Was there a trailer for that one? Because I remember seeing something. And I think I saw it um, at one of these shows. I could be wrong. I don't know. Yes. Uh, Jason Hoover has done wonders for us. Uh, Jab Pictures, these guys, they have the 48 hour film festival. They do here. Oh, okay. That's I think that's where I heard. Okay. Yes, and Jason has heavily promoted this film. We premiered it in Los Angeles. And uh, what was great about the first premiere of The Boogeyman in Los Angeles was Jason gave me a 6.30 in the morning slot. So my best friends woke up. I almost didn't want to go. My best friends literally woke their ass up and was sitting there at 6.30 in the morning. Oh, hell yeah. If you go out to L.A., you got to do that. It doesn't matter what time it is. It does not. And I'm, I want to say their names. It was uh, Scott Jesse, Harry Bean, and Chris Taylor all showed up to watch my movie at 6.30 in the morning. Jesse here today? Yes, he Yeah, is. he got on the first segment. He was yeah. handing out water, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so All Sinners Night was really great. And then I wanted to kind of take a break from the horror stuff for a while. And I've always been a big fan of Army Soldiers and stop motion. And I thought, let's just have fun with this. And I wrote a World War II uh a script. Yep. And uh, I went to Days of the Dead in Atlanta, and Jason Hoover once again said, "Why don't you get some big names in this, man? Just, just go out there and see what you get." And Voice work. Within an hour, I literally had Sid Haig interested in it, Bill Mosley, and Kane uh, got on board by 
way of their agent Judy Fox, great lady. And um, is this a heavy price tag for voice work for them? For like, uh, yeah, it's costly. Okay. And uh, we got their money, and uh, that's good. It's just finding the time. Uh, these guys don't know their schedule as well as okay. their uh, agent does. So I gotta hit her up on Monday. But she is an angel. Same thing with Martin Morehouse. These ladies that are helping these guys. Yeah. I'm so glad it's not some gum chewing girl that says, "Yeah, we got your message." She's never seen a single movie or anything. Exactly. That's and these, annoying. These ladies are so sweet. They literally, it's just they help put you at ease because everyone's kind of nervous in a business deal like that, and they're just wonderful. That's oh, fantastic. I mean, first of all, you're getting Bill. Bill, who is he's no no. Um, no secret, Michael. I'm gonna have to edit this out. He's no stranger to these airwaves. Uh, Bill Mosley will be on later on, um, and of course Sid Haig. I haven't had him on yet, but I'm working on it. Ask him about uh, Devil Dogs. Yeah. He's tickled to death about this film, and uh, his dad actually served. Sid Haig. Everyone in his family was in World War II. He's Armenian, and so they all fought. And it's so unbelievable that these guys like I don't know it's so weird well you're younger than all of us All of, we all played with those soldiers I played with them too you know, I don't know if you have oh, okay then you, you know about we were talking about earlier Mark's Toys he used to have the big play sets right Mark's Toys yes alright yes. so you did not he didn't know but that's Mark's Airfix yeah. his Matchbox done them too yep yep um, yep uh, they had like you know Hamburger Hill the play set. Oh and, yes. uh, Oh my God. Pork Chop Hill. I had that one. Yeah. And the Battle of Anzio. I remember. Me, yeah, I remember my dad. Uh, we was in a toy store a long time ago. And I said Pork Chop Hill. That's so funny. And my dad said, "There's nothing funny about that." And I'm like, "Wow, he's a drill instructor in the army." So oh. he was like, "There's nothing funny about that." And nothing. I'm like, "Really?" Yeah. They all got their names for a reason. Exactly. Oh man. But yeah, I I appreciate you coming on here. You gotta tell us more about yourself, though. Background. That's what we need to Okay, yeah, sure. Um, well, I'm from Indianapolis, uh, raised on the west side, Catholic boy, Eagle Scout, and uh, went to Carmel River High School, graduated, and then went to the Marine Corps four days after high school, and uh, was in the infantry, served six years, Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, and Philippines, and um, I went to the fire department at General Motors, and then got all that and started tattooing, and now uh, we own a tattoo shop called High Caliber in Indianapolis, and uh, we love it. That's cool. Sorry about the soundtrack here, folks. We can't control that. Uh, but I do like Kiss on the Road. Yeah, that's a good song. Yeah. Uh, well, look, I, I appreciate the background. Now, the first movie that got you, you said, you know, I got to make movies. What did it? And I hope it wasn't this. Dolomite. Dolomite, yes. Dolomite. Yes. How about the Monkey Hustle? That's another the Monkey Hustle to go. I'm a big fan. Human Tornado. Oh, my God. <laughs> Nobody knows what we're talking about. No, right now. but yes, when I seen Dolomite get out there and do it, I know that they had to have a shoestring budget back in the seventies, and they pulled it off, and it was so great. And I thought, man, just go and do it. There, there's a funnier one we didn't say yet, and I have a T-shirt. Petey Wheatstraw, the Devil's son-in-law. <laughs> Who knew? Who the hell knew that you were a fan? Rudy Ray Moore, rest in peace. Yes, rest in peace, Rudy Ray. Hilarious. Uh, paving the way. He was new with it, but for the rest of them, knew what to do. So basically, you said you watched this and said, I can do this. Or I just made it to because when I met him, I met him twice, man. And oh, he so down to earth and good, a cool guy that I thought man, I never knew anybody that met him. I just wanted to get out there in the streets and get a camera and see if I could do it and just see, you know, what we could do. But it had to be hard, or did it have to be hard? Um, initially, 
I want. I've been. I actually have a background in heavy metal. Um, I played. Look at me, bands. please. Yeah, I played in several <laughs> bands, toured a lot, and I always like extreme things. And what made the most mark on me to want to make cinema is the thing that scared me the most as a child. Two things: the movie Alien. My dad Ooh. took me to the movie theater to show me that Terrifying. when I was four years old. I shouldn't have been there that early. That thing coming out of the stomach? I was seven. Terrifying. Yeah. I had nightmares. Yeah. But then I became instantly obsessed with it. So, yeah, because you didn't, you couldn't see it real clearly. Like, what does this thing look like? Uh, and then you start thinking about your own monsters. At least that's what I did. But I, I, noticed, I think there's no better formula for a scary film than to have seven people isolated somewhere. And you see the, just the breakdown of their interrelationships yes. as this thing is picking at them. And they're not helping. No, they're not. They're not getting along. And the second one that scared me to death was the Elephant Man with John Interesting Kerr pick. and Anthony Hopkins. Interesting pick. Because that, yeah, just yeah, just how they treated him, and he had sad. no choice. He had no choice. And then just dying the way he died. You know, it's, the greatest. It gives me. It gives me goosebumps to talk about the scene when Anthony Hopkins is staring at him, and the pity, the tear that rolls down his face, like this man is being treated like this. And it's so crazy. I really, as a child, I didn't know about all that. It just, just the way he looked yes. it scared yes. me in the whole. And so um, I have my Fisher Price flashlight shining in all the corners. I don't know if it's aliens is going to get me, or if it's the howling, or <laughs> all the howls. And, that, then, that's and then I got a head concussion at age five, and I stayed the night in the hospital. My mom and dad went home, and HBO was on the hospital TV, and the thing came on. John Carpenter. The thing. That always comes up whenever I ask somebody that is a director of horror. That's one of the, the first ones. I mean, the first, that is, again, like you said, the isolation. They're not getting along. They're not trusting each other. It's going to break down, and you're not going to win. Yeah. No, nobody wanted that play. No. I mean, and that scared me to death when he took the tried to give him chest compressions and that chest Ooh. opened up the teeth and then the head of the spider. Incredible. All yeah. latex. Well, most of it. There was no CGI back then. Yeah. And yeah. I guess you did not like the reboot. Uh, or what do you want to call that? It was Pre cool. I liked everything but the monster. Right. Yeah. The, yeah, the it end. It was too much. It's just yeah. too much. I don't, yeah, they didn't have to do that. I like getting aboard the ship but the monster. You're right. Yeah. So you would do that differently. You would have done what? Go back to no CGI? No. Practical. Okay. Like alien how aliens was men in suits and it just it freaked you out it gives a human element to it that we can understand because anyone can have their own imagination about what something might look like but when it's something that we can all relate to I'm not saying like a rubber arm like Godzilla type thing but it's yeah. just that it's it's something more that we can relate to because some of these new Transformer movies, there's things are transforming so much. So, the gears, there's so much gears moving that I'm like, I can't even hardly watch. This. Right, I felt that way. I enjoyed them, but I felt, yeah, I couldn't. You couldn't focus on it for very long. Um, now, Belly Timber is going to be coming out when? Uh, well, we hope to have it wrapped. Well, the novel. Let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. Burning Bulb has. I've never been a part of a project that actually a novelization was being made. That How about was that? a proper term. Yep, Zachary Magaha, who also was on the show a couple of shows ago. Yeah, he's a young guy, man. Got to start yes. at 17. And he's got two books sitting right over there, and they're good. 
really good. You guys um, must, is he like a little brother to you guys? Yeah, to, for me, for a whole weekend, absolutely. We had a blast. Um, and his dad, Sven, is awesome too. Yeah, he's a great, great kid. And he, um, he is having fun doing this. I mean, writing somebody else's writing and interpreting it, that's intimidating. Why would you want to do that, you know? Um, I guess he just, he has a thing. Uh, um, he can't stop. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You got to get them when they're young. Because young first talent is there's nothing better than that. I mean, they're exactly. passionate. They're not jaded by any industry standards or anything. They, you know, they're just writing out the pure passion of it. Yeah, and like an action figure, you're gonna have something physical that you can show it when you're previewing, you're premiering your movie. You know, that's kind of cool. I mean, people that come are like, oh, there's a novel. So how did I miss this? And it, right. yeah. it puts us on a different tier because there's not a lot of independent horror films that they're actually making home. No. So when Dustin told me about it, I thought, wow, this is kind of going to that next level. And then I got shitty that I couldn't go to the cabin and hang out with you guys. Uh, it looked was great. It looked great, yeah. Must be nice. Huh? Uh, Must be nice to hang out in the cabin with everybody in Tennessee. <laughs> He's currently yelling at Gary. <laughs> yeah, I'm yelling at Gary over here. Gary oh, Vincent. Yeah, let him get away. <laughs> yeah, they look real rough. I don't know what we're gonna call it. Uh, roughing it, but wow. Yeah, I know. Now don't you feel like you Yeah, now I'm feeling it. Yeah. <laughs> you owe us a bowling outing or something. Yeah, that's not yeah. You guys weren't hunting in the woods, that's for sure. Yeah. At least well, you were hunting people and that's what we're looking forward to with Billy Timber. Yeah, and uh, you know, I wanted to get back to Mr. McGaha. Okay, oh yeah, yeah, sure. He literally uh, I'm watching this guy on Facebook set up his, his writing desk and we all when you work for film, you gotta write the story first. We all have these desks in our little areas that we like and I'm like, Go Zach, go and he texts me and he hits me up. Go, Bobby, go. So I can't wait for us to both have a picture taken together. Yeah, Zach, uh, He's got the book and I got the DVD and we're shaking hands. Yeah. You better be listening to this, Zach. I'm telling you. All right. I'll make sure he does. Yeah, That's now, awesome. There's not a lot of weight on your shoulders, is there? <laughs> yeah, he, he was feeling a little bit. It's good for you. It's good for you. You know, I like seeing young kids do stuff like that, man, because there's a lot of kids right now just getting some real pregnant or working on Playing a video crappy games. job. But this guy's actually writing novels. He's starting his career early his, and working with you guys. Unbelievable. John Russo, same company. That's to say, his thing, too, is uh, he hates that people his age are just focusing on media and playing video games. He's like, pick up a pick up a damn book. He actually says that. Um, I think that's what kind of warps me. My dad is always so tough on me, and I wanted a Nintendo so bad that <laughs> I mowed grass all summer long. Ah, uh, yeah. And I got the hundred dollars, but I didn't. I didn't think that. Oh God, I have to buy the TV too. And back then, a little black and white cost about two hundred fifty dollars. You're right. The littlest one. Okay, yeah. We are so from the same. My age dad group. said, "When you're so obsessed with these damn video games, you want to play. You should be the guy out there making the video games." That's strong words for a young kid, but I, I'm like. But he knew he had something there, I guess. Wow. It hit a chord with me that, why don't I be, I should be the one doing this. And here you are. And you know what they say about life is the work picks the man. I really, I've been in television acting for the past 18 years. See, I did not know that. Yeah, I do a lot of commercial and television work, but I don't live in Los Angeles, and I don't have any plans of moving there anytime soon either. I want to, like Rob Zombie, build your own house, and then they will come to you. 
exactly. So there's guys like Stephen King lives in Maine. Yeah. You got guys in Florida. Prince lives in Minnesota. Right. right. I mean, you can live where you want to and bring the people to you. That's the media. That's the, the bright side of media right now. I mean, I have a seven seven show podcast. A lot of some of the people don't live in the same area, but we're all working together. He lives in West Virginia. I'm in Pittsburgh. You know, Gary over there. And, you know, but yet we all work together. It does work, and we are. I guess this whole four rows, four tables here. Yeah, we literally have a like corporate conglomerate, like on a monopoly game board here. We got the whole row. Yeah, and I feel honestly, the whole wall, guys. We're just getting, we're just getting started. So. You know, I remember my first convention, Terrence and I used to always split boots, and now I, I got to my own table. But it's like wow, like just the team that we have built this past year. You know, with me and Dustin getting together at Days of the Dead talking about Belly Tune and he told me this idea and we just I don't know he's a go-getter and I like working with people like that and he's brought so many things to the table like this burning wall thing is his big man be a mad collection of broken men if you want to quote Ray Bradbury broken men can do a lot of good things but it takes that was there something that something with you you said you had a head injury but something yeah. else that gave you that driving force somebody that told you you couldn't do it well, anybody that gives me negative, it's like negative. You cut them out. No, I just like build off that, you know? Like, well, you obviously, they, you know they say about jealousy, it has many faces. People are resentful about seeing your success and they try to picture themselves there and they can't do that and that's when they get frustrated. We were just talking about that. that well, you can recognize that and, and don't get mad at them, just smile and pat them on their shoulder and be like, hey, it's alright bro. When my movie comes out, I'll Amen. give you a copy. Amen. Oh, okay. Thank you, sir. Did I get my cheesy grin? Yes, I did. There we okay. do. Cheesy grin. Um, oh, yeah, we were just taking a picture. <laughs> you couldn't see that? <laughs> but we felt it. Yes. I'm not sure. What was that for? Do we know? It was a publicity photo. Oh, okay. The shirt's on headless. That makes me a little... Oh, yeah, the guy, the guy, uh, he's uh, got this. Well, um, how do we find you, Mr. Easley? You can find me on Facebook. You can find me sitting on the couch next to my wife watching TV, mostly a military channel, uh, American Heroes channel, uh, reruns of Martin, (laughs) and uh, hanging out in the tattoo shop and really uh, out there shooting in the field. All right, and, and the website? Or Wasteland Flicks with an X dot com. All right, and do you do Twitter? Uh, I couldn't find you. Yeah, yeah, you won't. Okay. I have to be hidden somewhere. I got to keep some mystery to it. I understand. Uh, I understand. You can also go on Facebook and type in Devil Dogs Aquilo County, and it will take you right to the Officers Club. You guys are all welcome. Step in, have a seat, kick back with the R and R, and enjoy all the behind-the-scenes photos and everything we got. And I like the late great Dola Mike would say. <laughs> Soup-eating, pigeon-toed-looking motherfucker. <laughs> I almost said something else, but. Spontaneity. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say, just Spontaneity. All right, we. I have. Welcome back, folks. I have Christy Ray with us today. I'm moving in for the kill here because you have to speak right into this thing. Okay. Um, How's this? The, uh, Looking good? Um, there's very terrible music playing right now. But anyway, Christy Ray, 
pieces of talent. How are we how are we doing in Indianapolis right now? It's actually really good to see you again oh, and connect with you, you here. You. The Midwest is huge for just the whole horror scene and I'm learning that. I mean, I told you before I'm kind of new to all of this. The whole convention circuit just started this year, but we're doing pretty good. We've got Blu-ray pre-sales right now, so that's something new that we haven't done at a convention before. They're collector's editions of pieces of talent. There's there's three different collector's covers. Um, they were designed by fans, which is really cool, that we met on Instagram. So social media is like a real thing these days. It's pretty cool. We've got three separate covers. We're making 150 of each one. They're all numbered and signed. And we've got those... Um, for pre-order, they're $25. We're also selling DVDs like Wildfire, so that's good. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> Hanging out, meeting people. A lot of people have seen the movie, and they come that's to get the DVD or get the Blu-ray, or they just want to say hey, which is fun, too, to yes. hug people and you know hang out and be genuine, Absolutely. which is what we're all about here. So. And you guys are really good at it. And uh, Stephanie's with you this time. Absolutely. Well, I saw Joe briefly. Just Joe's off here. Her. David, we have the masks. We have David Long masks, and he's here in spirit. So, around, yeah, I wasn't planning on coming I actually had a film booked for this week but it got pushed two weeks in Wilmington North Carolina so I ended up calling Joe on Wednesday night I wrapped a little TV spot and I said where are you guys you're still going to Indianapolis he says yeah but we're already camping we're halfway there can you meet us at this campground in Tennessee so I said yeah sure why not so I left my car at a Walmart parking lot I hope it's still there where in Tennessee Um, Rock Island State Park beautiful waterfalls we all went hiking and jumped off some cool cliffs before we got here yesterday. It's in Knoxville myself. Awesome. It's right outside of uh, Nashville. It's like near Cooksville, Tennessee. So, Yeah, we're camping there tomorrow night too. So this is just a quick trip and we're up here. The weather's okay. The movie was shown at 3? Yep. It screened at 3 o'clock and we had some people come in afterwards and bought the movie after they saw it and we introduced the film. It's a a decent crowd but on a Saturday in the middle of the day it's kind of hard to get some people to sit down. It's not your fault. You're up against... um, Saw guy told me. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, After was it was three o'clock. So yeah, well, between was, two and four, I think. Yeah, Tobin Bell panel. Three yeah. O'clock. So once they finished with that, a lot of people caught the end of Pieces of Talent, uh, but, which yeah. the end is great. Yes. But they want to know what happened, so they go by the movie. So that's good too. So you know, it is what it is. We'll let that go we screened right. here in February, um, right before Headless. So we yeah. we had a good showing earlier in the year. Headless. Like I came walking around with a headless shirt on, took my picture. It's great, right? I love that. Those are our buds. We support them 100%. I mean, it's not the same kind of movie at all, so it's not like we're even competing or anything. Real quick, what, what what is the new film you have going on? I saw some romantic pictures. Oh, me personally, not a missing piece. Yeah. I'm in a film called Legger Domain, and it's a weird name. I think it's German. It means magician's assistant, and I am playing the magician's assistant in this movie. Um, It's actually a short, and it's a pitch to investors to make a whole feature. We shot it out in a few days in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, Basically, it's a dark, dark thriller um, about this magician and a girl who again aspiring actress I keep getting cast as these like genuine down-to-earth aspiring actress girls but she she kind of gets herself into a little trouble there's a really fun scene in there that looks cinematically gorgeous I don't know if you saw we're in like a, a water tank yeah that's I saw a picture of a still yeah, uh, yeah there's yeah, nothing yeah. else out so just okay. stills of that yeah. but we had you know it was a little scary I made the mistake of watching I think it's now you see me 
um, clips of the water tank scene from that and reading interviews the day I was supposed to be shooting. And the girl, um, what's her name? I can't, I don't know. She's an A-list Hollywood actress, and she did her own stunts for that, but actually almost died on set. And I read that right before I got in the water tank, and I was I was giving them, like, these ideas. You know, my, because you're beating on the glass if you're really hurt, and you're saying, help me, help me, they think you're acting. I said, guys, if I give you the bird, that means get me out of this tank, and we're not okay. So everyone knew the safe word. The safe it was, was the finger, finger. Yeah. and there you go. So everything was, you know, went well, went smoothly. It looks great. So I'm excited about that. It should be um, rough cut. I saw the the director. His name is Rob Underhill. We were at a film festival in North Carolina last weekend, and he says the rough cut's coming together, and he's going to have me come up and check it out. So Fantastic. pretty I look soon. Forward to that too. So you're going to have how many movies under your belt after this? Now? Well, one of mine that I worked on last summer just premiered. It's called A Short Trip, and it's doing the festival circuit right now. I shot a movie in January as well called 22 North 77 West, and that will premiere hopefully at Cucaloris in Wilmington, North Carolina in November. A lot of festival things are going on. I just wrapped a Shakespeare film in Athens, Georgia, which was a total honor. I got to play Hermia in A Midsummer Night's Dream. It's a 1960s adaptation of... A Midsummer Night's Dream, and it, it uses, yes, yes, it's like, it's dealing with issues of virginity and Christianity, and putting it in a modern setting in Athens, Georgia, instead of Athens, Greece, it was a female director, a lot of the crew was from Europe, some people flew in from Scotland, and it was really like an international collaboration, the DP recommended me for a role, and I auditioned, and I was very surprised to get cast, because I'd never done any kind of Shakespeare or classical work before. I don't know how you begin to do something like that, so it was I, I Huge undertaking and really, really fun. Once you really grasp what you're saying, it's easy to deliver the lines. I took lines. a class in Shakespeare to help me write better. Yeah. There's no way that it made me talk better. Okay, well, <laughs> but that's it's the, all that's about the Salone. diction, right? Way, that's Salone in the background there. You met him earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Wolfman. He's, he's, uh, yeah. Wolfman oh, thing, scary guy, Jeff, yes. Jeff, scary Jeff guy Goldblum. Wonderful. Jeff, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> he gets a lot of Jeff Goldblum. Okay. That Excited what, to wait, see wait, wait. Belly, um, Belly Timber. Belly Timber. Yeah, I've seen a lot of T-shirts of that today. He bought a copy. It's over here somewhere. Wonderful. You signed it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this this guy here, he he's been called um, Jeff Goldblum's the better of the two, right? Rem- Ramirez, not so much. James Ramirez, the killer. Jeff Ramirez. And Richard Ramirez. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's from my hometown, actually. Right. Well, near, near me in Long Island. Right. I just found that out. And your boss didn't tell you. No, no idea. We didn't know each other before today. He's dead. Wow. It's been a blessing in disguise, we think. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to be going up to Syracuse and hanging out with him for a while uh, for our next, well, a show, hopefully, this time next year. But anyway, that's not my next show. Enough about me. Um, what else you got going on? Let's see. Um... Well, the sequel. We're still yes. kind of shaking that money tree, Thank you. right? I didn't know if you wanted a to missing talk about piece. That, yeah. I think we talked about it briefly last briefly time. Briefly on with you. the show that was about six years ago. Not not yeah. much has been in production since then. Mm. We still have the script. You know, everything's treated. It's you know, we're releasing some casting information here and there. We've added Natalie Jean to the cast. She's playing one of Charlotte's friends, so she's a minor character. But it's going to be a lot of fun working with her. Hopefully, we'll get to use her, you know, stunt work and I things like that. We've got. Um, we have Jeremy Blackford. He's playing Andrew, and obviously David's coming back to reprise his role. We're still working out a couple of of the two older male cast members that are very key to the story. 
and we're really looking for investors. So if anybody's listening out there who has a buttload of money or just even a little money or knows somebody that's maybe interested in helping some indie filmmakers get off the ground, but it's not your typical, like, we're not doing a Kickstarter because we need $8,000. This is more of, like, a very real, we want people to invest in the company of Shutterblade Media as a whole. And we want to distribute this film grassroots. I mean, much like the way It Follows did it. You know, yes. stick it to the man. We can do this. Yes. Hollywood doesn't need us. We or we don't we don't need here. them, right? Yeah, right. I'm sorry. I yeah, totally said that us. backwards. <laughs> Hollywood needs us. We yeah. don't need them. They're slowly finding that out. What happened to Poltergeist? It was in and out, right? Gone. Who the hell? Who, I didn't see it. Why? I mean, I why would you want to? So but, um, yeah, I, I, you're, you got the right audience here. We're all about indie. Uh, occasionally, we do crossover when somebody makes it, which is nice. It is. It, it is. Happen, but with you guys, I man, right? It's just snowballing. It's only getting better, don't you think? I think so. And I think meeting the right people from these sorts of things. I mean, even you introduced me to John today, and and you know, so. yeah, he's great. He's saying, oh, let's let's work together. I've got this movie coming up, and this sort of thing. So that's just all what this it. is. I believe yeah. him, and and he has got a good head on his shoulders he's very genuine and and he thinks i'm smart which is fantastic to hear you know usually people aren't saying those kind of things so it's it's nice right he knows he's been around and he's been on my show so many times i mean he's gonna be on tomorrow actually great uh which would be uh part seven i I don't know we'll figure that out later okay i have no idea but Um, yeah this this whole convention circuit has been huge for us and even though we can't be out in the field working while we're here it's this kind of relationship that we're building and getting to know people on a very personal level and especially the fans, getting to know them and putting a face to name. Yeah. It really helps because there's dedication that comes with that. I mean, in the horror community, when someone loves your work, they love it with every fiber of their being. They get tattoos of their movie, of your movie on their body and it's a little scary and a lot of pressure. Not on me. I don't have them, but there are pieces of talent and there's tattoos, there's tattoos of a missing piece which hasn't even been shot yet, and that scares me because it's like a lot of pressure. It's great pressure. You know, it's fantastic, but there's two different people that have tattoos of the sequel, and we're like, wow, okay, hardcore dedication right there. Help us get some money. We want to get this thing rolling, you know? Yes. You said it all. Yeah. You've done it all. I'm really impressed. Um, I don't know what else. We we can't give anything away. Uh, I want to talk about the movie more, but we can't. Well, Um, I mean, the, the plot, it basically... It surrounds Andrew. He's an investigative journalist. He wants to know what happened to Charlotte. Where did she go? And why was she the one that was let go? Who is this character, David Long? And, you know, was he really the killer? Why is it a cold case? No one cares anymore in this town of Brightleaf. It's like it's just been buried under the rug. So he's digging up where he shouldn't be digging. And he kind of tracks Charlotte down. And we go from there. Which is really cool. I think they're shutting us down. Okay. Well, it was great talking to you. I, I appreciate it. I love seeing you here, and I hope you have a Always great. good, great rest of the weekend. All right. Well, let's just continue having success at the same time. Wonderful. All right. And we'll be back with uh, part 25. I don't know. <laughs> Well, once again, at Indie, this is Dave again at uh, the Indie Days of the Dead, and I have a very special guest, new to these airwaves, and um, Mr. Tony Moran. Anybody out there know him? Come on. The man behind the mask. Here he is. Hey, guys. How you doing? (laughs) 
Now, the, when I say the man behind the mask, we're going back how many years? Uh, the original Halloween from John Carpenter came came out in 1978. Yeah, right, and you got casted when? Like how, how old were you then? I was 21 when I played Michael Myers. Yeah. Were you, was that your first role? What did you do? How did you get that? It, it wasn't quite my first role, but it was my first movie. You know, and then after that, I did a bunch of a bunch of TV stuff. And how does it feel to be a legend at this point? About as humbling as it can get, really. Yeah, it's humbling. I mean, it's. I got blessed. You know what I mean? Right off from the onset, yes. Now, do you do a lot of these shows? I haven't yeah. caught you yet. I yeah. just haven't crossed this over. This year, uh, not so much. Last year, I was on average traveling like twice a month. You know? How do you know this guy so long? Is that a voice, uh, <laughs> voice activated? Uh, what was that? <laughs> oh yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, this guy, he's been my my partner all weekend here, nice. and we found out we're both from Long Island, uh, which is a weird thing. And nobody else is from Long Island here. Where are you right. from originally? Los Angeles. Originally, so okay. And have you? Do you live there now? Yeah. So you're flying out. Mm-hmm. Uh, boy, I just caught you that. Yeah, you did. Um, all right. Well, what other? What do you got going on right now? Well. Um, uh, there is a movie I did a cameo in called American Poltergeist, and I guess you can get it off of Amazon, Netflix, Netflix. Ne- maybe Netflix, yeah, Cinto- I think it's, it's supposed to be being sold at Target, Best Buy even, and stuff like that. So. I mean, I gotta ask you this, having the mask on, and we're going back all these years, did it empower you, did you become the shape when you were chasing Miss Jamie Lee Curtis? Say that one more time? Did you become the shape, did you feel it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When you had, you had that mask on, you get that certain empowerment, Yeah. you got that, so you became the monster. And that's a good question. Yeah, it, it did change. Once the mask would go on, I was immediately in character. Yeah, immediately. Okay, because I mean, it's obviously there. It's a, there is no better horror movie, as far as I'm concerned. But you being the monster, and I'm a monster. Do you look at yourself as a monster, a being, or just a serial killer at that point? Because we know there's all the speculation with the characters now. Yeah, it's uh, not a serial killer, um, but more like a, and not a. Not really a, a monster, but some somebody from not not of this world. I'm possessed, maybe once human. Right? Yeah. Because there's so many ways. I always wonder how you would look at that. Because they've been tearing it apart for years. You yeah. Know, and like, and, I, and how do you feel about Rob Zombie? I love Rob Zombie, his music and his movies. I just I've never seen the remake, and I don't. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Why would you? I'm a huge fan too, but yeah, I have my. You know, I like when he does his original stuff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, what do you watch these days? Are you a horror fan or? Yeah, I'm a horror fan. I'm not a fanatic, but I'm a horror fan. I just I watch you know all kinds of genres. You know. Favorite scene during Halloween was it towards the end beginning? Joking. Jamie Lee Curtis choking her. Did yeah. you ever get to reenact that with her? <laughs> no, no, <I> <laughs> no, she didn't stay in touch. Jeez. Well, I, I don't know. I, I really appreciate you doing this. And uh, let's see, music. What kind of music do you listen to? Um, heavy metal and punk is my favorite. Perfect. That's what we play here. You're gonna be hearing some of that on this particular episode too. Nice. So, yeah, yeah. We got one of the guys from uh, the Murder Dolls and um, oh, you can check him out over there. Uh, Faster Pussycat guitarist is over there too. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He'll be coming huh. on here shortly. Oh, I didn't know that. Absolutely. So if you like your metal, any fans in particular, Black Label? Yeah, love them. Yeah. Um, the more old school, like, you know, Metallica, you know. Absolutely. Slayer? Black Sabbath, Slayer, and yeah. these guys. Yeah. Right. Pantera, sure. How do you feel about Pantera reunion using, using Zach Wilde? That's the rumor. 
Well, you're a metal guy. Everybody's got their point of view. You know, you just got to see how it turns out. You know, bring the music. I, I, hey, I'd I like to hear them again. You know, but you're not going to get dime bag again. Yeah, exactly. Know? But I don't know. So, who are your heroes right now in film? Do you have anybody you're looking up to or enjoy? Jack Nicholson is always my top. De Niro, you know, Chino, those guys, you know. And if you could make a movie, what would you do? What would be your? I would like to do a mafia movie. Okay, and you in it? Sure. Yeah. Who would you play? A lead role, henchman? Yeah, I'd play a lead role. <laughs> right. Play a mafia guy. It's about time, really, you know. We've yeah. heard enough about the guy now, <laughs> the guy with the mask on. The guy behind the mask is amazing. He's sitting right here and with a legend right here, and I don't know how he feels about that. How do the fans treat you? Awesome. And, you know, horror fans are the best fans in the world. They're genre you're, fans you're are absolutely better than that. Yeah, fans. dedicated. I mean, the movie comes out through there that Friday, you know, opening night. Exactly. That's how I was. And uh, remakes. Well, let's get past the Halloween one. How do you feel about, you know, like Suspiria? If they, if they, no, and, no, I, I'm just not into it. Yeah, you just can't do any of it. I, mean, I just think it's, you know, really lazy. And Poltergeist went right under the radar. Like, I just, I don't, why did they do that? I, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, are there any that you could say should be remade? Is there something they could bring back? Maybe a classic? I don't know. Or just leave no. it alone. <clears throat> just leave it alone. You're a purist. Yeah. All right. Then, final question I have for you Star Wars. Are you a fan? Not a big fan, but I mean, I like the ones when they first came out. Yeah, JJ Abrams, but I wasn't like a you know major. I always ask people that one. It drives people crazy that I do that, but I'd like to know where people are because there's that new one coming out. It's gonna be the biggest thing that a family can go see again. You know, maybe I don't know. I I'm looking forward to it. That's cool. Yeah. And you have any other hobbies, careers where we want the people to know how to find you? Facebook, you know, Tony Moran. Got one, and you do the number Twitter. one. Twitter as well. Twitter, yeah. Um, what is it? Um, Tony underscore Moran, Michael underscore Myers. Okay, well now they know where to find you. You can blame me for the, sending them to you. Right? There's some interesting ones out there, but I, I don't have to tell you that. I, I guess I, they'll kill me if I don't ask you uh, what it was like to work with John Carpenter. Um, oh, the best. I mean, the guy is a genius. You know? I mean, it's. And plus, he was a nice guy. Yeah. Good, good sense of humor and everything else. That's good to hear. Finally, one of my idols I can still look up to. You hear these horror stories, you know, people are terrible to work with or whatever. Right. So, I mean, did you, you knew what you were walking into at that point that you were going to be this guy. And yeah. uh, you, you just, oh, you just showed up. And yeah. I, you know, I went and talked to him and the, and the producer of Ermin uh, and Blondes. And, uh, I didn't know I had to wear a mask until I got to the set. After I signed the contract, I'd be in the movie. Because you never know. I mean, if I hadn't signed the contract, I may not have done it because of, of the mask. Nobody wore a mask back then in Hormone. It was the that's it was used. Absolutely. That's true. And it was a Captain Kirk mask. Right. Not everybody knows that. I think they know it now. Right. But I, I don't know. And that was a, such a different time. And the music had a lot to do with it. And I think music should remain a big part of movies. There aren't too many that do that now. Um, the Crow was a good experience, I think, music-wise and mm-hmm. score. But John Carpenter even aced that. Yeah, I know. All his movies have this perfect score. Um, did you did you find music that way? Because you're in that period of time where you'd be looking at music. What do I like? Trying to find your 
niche. Oh no, I started, you know, more like shoot, when I was probably twelve. So you okay, vinyl? Yeah. Going through mom yeah. and dad's collection. Yeah. That's, yeah, I, that's me too. Exactly. So you found it yourself. Yeah. So it wasn't Blue Oyster Cult that did it for you. <laughs> no, it was Zeppelin. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. All right. Well, listen. Thank you for your time. And hey, Mr. Moran, I hope to come, you come on again sometime. Hopefully, we'll run into each other. And uh, thanks Thank a lot. Thank you very man. much. in my throat, those bigger chunks of mom, not so easy to swallow, let alone digest, she's old and kind of stringy, tougher than a dinghy, and I remember mommy as a baby at her breast, the therapist made me do it, the therapist made me chew it, the therapist made me swallow, now I feel so hollow, the therapist made me do it, the therapist made me chew it, the scarapist made me swallow, now I feel so hollow. Big chunks of mom, supposed to make me feel better, supposed to set me free. Took a while to figure out that mom was the problem. Don't you know, here all along, I was thinking it's me. The therapist made me do it. The therapist made me chew it. The scarapist made me swallow. Now I feel so hollow. The therapist made me do it. The therapist made me chew it. The scarapist made me swallow. Now I feel so hollow. Stupid life of a mom eater. When I get hungry, I like to reheat her. Now I'm not the sharpest tool in the drawer. But when I carve a piece of mom, I always want more. I see what's on the end of my fork. Medium rare, sirloin strips marinated in her perfume. I see what's on the end of my chopsticks when I turn Chinese and use mom to decorate the dining room. When I was a little boy, locked in the garden shed, mom told me if I told on her, she would kill me dead. Mom wriggled out my wallet, she kicked me down the stoop. Mom burned me with a cigarette and spit into my soup. Time to clean up your room, little man. Chomp. Be nice to your brothers. Chomp. Give your mother a kiss. Chomp, chomp, chomp. Stupid life of a mom eater. When I get hungry, I like to reheat her. Now I'm not the sharpest tool in the drawer. But when I carve a piece of mom, I always want more. The therapist made me chew it. The scarapist made me swallow. Now I feel so hollow. The therapist made me do it. The therapist made me chew it. The therapist made me swallow. Now I feel so hollow. Stupid life of a mom eater. When I get hungry, I like to reheat her. I'm not the sharpest tool in the drawer, but when I carve a 
peace of mind, I always want more. Mom's bones on the roast platter. Mom's clothes in the fireplace. Mom's jewelry in the pawn shop. Now if only I can get mom out of my head. Chomp, chomp, chomp. Bill Mosley, Stupid Life of a Mom Eater was the song. <laughs> I want to thank everyone. Actually, I just want to thank everyone that listened. Uh, it's, it's tough doing those shows in these huge convention atmospheric chambers. There's a lot of noise. There's music. It's it's touch and go. You never know if things are going to get picked up or not. And uh, some of it's a struggle. But, you know, I try to bring it to you. Well, and that was uh, Spider Mountain. Big thanks to Bill Mosley for providing the soundtrack on the first half of the Indianapolis Days of the Dead. Great time. More to come. I want to thank, though, my buddy Salone Segaris, who you heard earlier, star of Belly Timber and a writer of Detour to Armageddon. Um, Jeff Meyer of Films in Syracuse. You'll be hearing more from him. Bobby Eastley, director of Belly Timber. And Christy Ray, of course, repeat performer here, and of course, wonderful actress of Pieces of Talent. And, and you just heard Tony Moran, the iconic shape of the original Halloween. Great guy, great guy, great people. Uh, and I want to tell you, coming up in part two, we got Ken Wallace, one of the writers of Belly Timber. John Russo himself, a legend of Night of the Living Dead. Gary Vincent of Burning Bulb Publishing. Bill Mosley will definitely be giving his input and, and two cents or so. A little bit more than that. Uh, we have newcomer Ira, Ira Gansler. Sorry, Ira Gansler. He is a writer and, uh, we'll talk about his novel. And of course, Sandra Casey Barbauer, who, of, uh, the Southern Soul Searchers. Uh, they are ghost hunters and we had, the, uh, we had her on as well. I want to thank you for listening. And part two will be following very shortly. Thank you very much. Oh, as always, I'm at Fairly Dark on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for Season 2 of the Wanna Bet Podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that Season 2 starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. No more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric acid. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast. Back to the arena, the interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. 
You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interview. Electric acid. Electric acid.